Good morning, friends. Well, my name's Ryan. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm going to work my way towards you. Where's my TV guy? Thanks, DT. My TV guy's fired now. He didn't do his job. Yeah, here we go. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I guess I'm glad to see you too. Uh, we learned first service that you always want to start with your spouse. So when I always say turn to your neighbor, just learn start with your spouse. There's my TV guy. You missed your cue, sorry. Yeah. All right. I pointed you out in front of everyone. All right. Hey, last week, if you were not here, we titled it No Excuse Sunday, and we launched into this new two-year initiative that we truly believe deep down in our DNA that God is calling Radiant Life, our church, to be, and we titled it Come Alive. The idea is, is that there are people who have done church, who have done religion, if you will, that believe or think they're following Jesus, but spiritually, they're dead inside. There are others who are so far from him that we want them to just come alive in Jesus Christ. So we've done this two-year initiative to say, God, what is your plans for our church? Where are we going? So out in the lobby, there's designs. There's a big come alive banner. You guys can take selfies. Last week, we had bags for every single person that came in. So if you missed last week, after service, you can come up and grab a bag for you. Now, if you came with your spouse or your kid or your auntie or your grandma or whatever, you each get a bag. So everyone can take one bag to yourself home, no matter who you are. It's got goodies in it for you. It's got reminders of what we're doing. There's a brochure in there that explains this Come Alive initiative that we're going to take as a church. But we had hired outside experts to kind of say, hey, how is this going to go? We hired a Elevate Studio, a design company from Grand Rapids. We've hired Enjoy Solutions, Stewardship Solutions to help with our finances and what that looks like. So we're getting all these outside experts to speak in to us and where we believe God is taking us as a church. So if you missed last week's huge announcement, go to theradiantlife.church on your way home and listen to last week's message and teaching. I had a ton of visuals. You won't get that on the audio, but at least you understand a little bit more, and it will help explain that brochure. I want to explain one thing real quick, though, if you were here last week. Our goal through this two-year initiative, Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, says we believe looking at your finances as a church over the last three to four years of what your giving is, we believe asking the people of your church, you can raise internally $600,000. That is our internal goal throughout this project, to raise $600,000. Now what Enjoy cannot measure is our hearts. They can just look at finances that are on paper and say, this is a realistic, conservative goal. I believe deep down inside we can shatter that goal. I believe they can't measure heart giving, and I believe truly that people are going to give generously to this movement of God and what he's doing here at Radiant Life. And then what we're going to do is see what comes in, and then we're going to base that, and we're going to have to borrow some money to begin expanding our facility. And a lot of people are like, what's the first part you're going to expand? What are we going to grow? And I said, 
we think we know, but we just got to see what comes in first, okay? And then we'll make that announcement to say, hey, this is what came in. This is what we're able to do first through this Come Alive initiative in two years. I'm not about growing a large church. I'm about seeing lives changed for Jesus Christ and having his kingdom come. There are lost people, and we ought to be reaching them, which results in getting bigger. That's out of our control. We just got to do the mission of Jesus Christ. And he said, I came to seek and save the lost, and we got to jump on board with that if we're followers of Jesus. Okay? Now, one thing was last week, someone said, you know, we jumped into the car, and we begin to discuss what can we give. And they're like, I don't know if I... You know, I, I want to be a part of it, but what, what's with my heart? And they realized something. They said, yeah, our building will get bigger, but I realized I didn't want to get smaller. But then he said, I realize it's not about me, though. It's about the kingdom of God. And we could still be small. That's why we have community groups. You wait till next fall, we're going to launch something incredible with missional communities. It's going to be awesome. We can't just be and sit in pews for an hour in large church. We've got to get smaller too and have accountability in our lives. This is why I'm a huge fan of small, our small groups, our community groups. We need something smaller and intentional happening. All right? So two-year initiative, Come Alive. Um, our Come Alive director, our initiative director is Pam Carey. So Pam, can you stand up real quick? Everyone, that is Pam. So any questions, throw them to her, okay? It's the art of delegation. Any leaders, write that down. Art of delegation. You just shift responsibilities elsewhere, all right? No, I can answer questions, but Pam is the, the, the big head of our Come Alive initiative. So shoot her questions, and I can answer questions as well. But what we're going to do now that we launch this is we're going to do a four-week journey together called All In, just to be able to come alive, to say, what does it look like? And I truly believe if we gravitate to this spiritual journey that we're going to do over the next four weeks, I truly believe deep down it will change your heart, that we will get a brand new perspective on who God is and what does it look like to follow him and be all in for his kingdom. I truly believe this. I believe we are going to radically change our community that we live in. I believe that deep down I get goosebumps when I say it because I am sold out to what God is doing here at Radiant Life in us and through us. And it's exciting to be a part of that. This morning, our first week, it's called generosity. Now, some of you already are like, I'm checked out. Generosity, you're going to ask for money. I'm not asking for money. What I'm asking is, for our hearts to be changed and challenged by God and what he wants to say into our hearts with generosity. Some of us are like, really, we've got, we're clenching tight and you're like, I don't like this talk. I hope to preach this morning to bring a teaching that will bring the most joy to you when you think of generosity, that every time you hear the words generosity, you're like, I'm all in. Because there is something absurd with generosity. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about is the absurdity of generosity that we get to be a part, we get to give, we get to be generous into the movement of God. We don't have to out of obligation, we get to. And it's an honor that God chooses us to build his kingdom here on earth. So turn to your neighbor and say, you get to be generous. So this morning, if you have your Bible, you got your phone or tablet, Will you turn into the Newer Testament, two-thirds of the way in, to the book of Matthew, chapter 21? 
Now, as you turn there, Matthew, you're going to hit four guys. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was a guy on the outside who in the Jewish world in the first century, the Jewish people hated them. They worked for Rome. They were under the Roman oppression, and they hated him because they, tax collectors, took way too much money of theirs. There's about a 70% tax on what you made. You, if you were a fisherman and you got 10 fish out all night fishing and you came in, you had to go to the tax collector and he says, okay, Rome will take five of those fish, I'll take two, you're left with three. And they hated these people. And one day Jesus walks up to Matthew at the tax booth and he says, hey, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew left everything behind and followed. And now we have his letter titled Matthew in our Bibles. Matthew chapter 21, you should have a title or a heading there that says the triumphal entry. I want to give us context real quick before we dive in in verse 1. This is a picture, an aerial picture of Jerusalem. On the right side of the picture, you'll see the Temple Mount. You can kind of trace this big facility here. It's the Temple Mount. This is Jerusalem. It slants down into the middle of the picture, which is known as the Kidron Valley, and then it slants back up on the left-hand side of this picture, which is known as the Garden of Gethsemane, which is here. The Mount of Olives is here. And then a city that's on top of the Mount of Olives called Bethphage is there as well. And Jesus is on top of the Mount of Olives, and he's going to make his way down the Mount of Olives through the Kidron Valley up into Jerusalem. And as he makes this way, he knows what his fate is. He realizes, as I make this journey into the city, that it is inevitable that I'm going to go to this cross and die for the sins of the world. And here he is, Matthew 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie what? And bring what? To me. Now, if you ever grew up in church, and if you did church, um, you probably have seen either maybe a, a play about Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, or maybe you've seen pictures. How many donkeys is Jesus normally on? One. But what does Jesus say here? Untie them and bring them to me. I have seen this, read this a hundred times. This has never jumped off out of the pages like it did this time. Oh, so Jesus wants the donkey and the colt. Huh. Check out the rest of the story. If anyone says anything to you, because they will, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed to them. Stop. It's really smart to do what Jesus tells you to do. All right, just throw that out there. Verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their coats, cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. I can imagine Jesus is kind of like donkey up here, colt down here. Like it's got to be an awkward ride because he's on 
two of them. The cloak is on both of them. And he's, they're there for Jesus to ride on them down into the Kidron Valley, into Jerusalem. I even went back into the original language. This is written in Greek. I went back because I wanted to make sure. And sure enough, it's plural, not singular. Yeah, I've never seen that before. That's awesome. Turn to someone and say the Bible's awesome. Dude, when things just jump off off the page, it's awesome. All right, verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? In verse 11, the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This morning, let me pray that our hearts would just be open to what God wants to speak. Heavenly Father, we just want to hear from you. I just pray, I know in a room this size that there are, there are heavy hearts here this morning, and there's light hearts. I just pray, God, whatever that is on our heart, whether it's good or bad or ugly, whatever it is, that we just lay it down before you. And that we just want to feel your spirit, encourage our souls where we need to be encouraged, challenge our souls where they need to be challenged so we can live like you more. And God, would you just soften our hearts so we can fully receive what you're going to do in us and through us this morning and what you have in store for us. May we be sensitive to your leading. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. This morning I want to have two conversations around this idea of absurd generosity. I read Matthew chapter 21 and think there are some absurd generosity things going on in this portion of Scripture. The first conversation is I want to talk about that the absurd generosity that Jesus comes into town on the generosity of ordinary people. Now get this, Jesus is saying basically, hey disciples, we're up on the Mount of Olives. I'm going I'm to go do something the world's never seen before. And it's going to send out an awesome movement. It's going to be crazy what I'm going to go do. But I need a donkey and a colt first. Really? Yeah, I need you, there's a man in Jerusalem, he's going to be really generous, he's going to give you the donkey and the colt, I need that to show you this awesome thing I'm going to. And you're like, a donkey? And a colt? Like, what? You're going to do this awesome thing and you bring out a donkey and a colt. Like that. The greatest thing <laughs> that Jesus is going to do. He's like, yeah, I need one of these. What? <laughs> See, what? <laughs> and get this. Like, you are Jesus. You are God. 
You're going to do the greatest thing ever. You're going to go to the cross for the sins of the world and you need that thing. No, 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 Jesus, you need to come in on Air Force One. A Boeing 777. Aviation isn't built yet. They would have no idea. They would be freaking out seeing this thing come into Jerusalem. And then you get off Jesus and you're like, what's up? (laughs) The greatest thing you're going to do. And you're like, no, 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 no. There's a guy in Jerusalem. He's going to be really generous. He's going to give you two of these things. That makes no sense. But Jesus says, it's on the back of this guy's generosity that I'm going to go do the world's greatest thing. Yeah, you can get that thing off the stage, man. I'm freaking out. <laughs> you only hee hawed one time. That's a good thing. She, sorry, don't, you got to call it a she. But Jesus is not, I don't need Air Force One. I don't need a cloud of angels to usher me into the city. I don't need a Lamborghini or Ferrari. Yeah, I could snap my finger and have it here. But it's on the back of that guy's generosity I'm going to come in. And I believe Jesus is going to wreck this city on the back of our generosity through our Come Alive initiative. And when Jesus comes into the city, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 10, he says this, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, on the back of this guy's generosity, on a stinking donkey in a colt, he says, can we read these four words together? The whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? I truly believe that God is going to come in on the backs of our generosity and this city will be stirred and they're going to ask the question, who is this? And we will see, this is Jesus Christ. And it's not going to come on the backs of us coming on Sunday morning. It's not going to come on the backs of us hearing a teaching for 30 minutes. It's not going to come on the backs of us worshiping or reading our Bibles and doing devotions, which are all great things. It's going to come on the back of our generosity. Because in in essence, that is who God is. He is the most generous thing ever. And it's on the backs of our generosity that Jesus is going to come in. And I truly believe he's going to wreck some havoc in lives. In a good way. All right? Not bad. It's first conversation. Second conversation I want to have is absurd generosity. Is that our generosity writes us into the story of God. How do we even know about this guy in Jerusalem? We don't even know his name. But he's in the story. How did he get into the story? Through his generosity. That he gave the donkey and the colt for Jesus to come in. Greed writes us out of the story, but generosity writes us in. You know, there's, in the Newer Testament, there's a story about a woman who had two coins. Jesus says, she hardly has anything. And they're there worshiping, and the treasury's there, and people are giving their offerings. And they said, there's rich, wealthy people there, and they gave. But this woman, we don't know her name, but this woman, she gave Everything she had, she gave just what the two coins she had. And she gets mentioned because Jesus said it was her generosity. She gave everything she had. And she gets written into the story. 
and we would never know who she is. Think about this, the miracle of feeding of the 5,000, which when I get to heaven, i got to ask Jesus how he did that miracle. The multiplying of the loaves and fish, I have no idea how that happened. But one boy with a Long John Silver's lunchbox, five loaves, two fish, feed him. And the only reason why we know of that boy is because of his generosity. The only reason why we even know the name Joseph of Aramaeth, the only reason we even know of him because he loaned Jesus the tomb to be buried in. It was his generosity that says, here, use it. And we're going to close with a song that says, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The only reason why I even say that is because it was his generosity that says, this is what I have, God, use it. Use what you put in my hands. And what's so incredible about the story, the triumphal entry story, the donkey and the colt, is it said it was written long time ago in the prophet that this would happen. The prophet was Zechariah. Now when the prophet came, it was the mouthpiece of, of God to the people. When a prophet showed up, it was like having your CEO show up. It's not good news. Right? The CEO is not at your branch to give you guys awards. He's there to say, something screwed up here. we got to fix it. And when, when the prophet Zechariah shows up, that was spoken in 500 B.C. And God said, Zechariah, I want you to speak these words. It's going to be on the back of a guy's generosity that Jesus is going to come into town. And I'm curious for us, friends, Words spoken by God a long time ago for our, for our church and our city that you and I get to be a part of. He says, yeah, I spoke that long ago, and it's your generosity that's going to fulfill my words spoken a long time ago. And we get to experience that. Our yeses today invite us into his story. And if there's anything I want to wrap up with, one slide left about this absurd generosity. Nick, can you hit that, please? One back. Is that our absurd generosity is what God uses to show the world who he is. You think about Jesus on the cross as he rode in on that donkey and that colt. Jesus on the cross the most famous Bible verse that most people memorize when they're a little kid if you grew up in church. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave. That's my son up there. And I'm going to show the world who I am. And God is the most generous person who's ever lived. We can never outgive God. And it's awesome that he's inviting us. God doesn't want things from us. He wants things for us. That's what generosity is. Our team's going to stand up now, and they're going to start passing out something to you. You're going to, everyone here will walk away with one of these. There's three things attached to this paper clip, and they'll hand out, and I'm going to keep talking as they hand it out. Everyone gets one. Three things. First is this. The first thing is you're going to see this white piece of paper, this small, thinner thing. This is a come alive commitment card. What we're asking you to do is not to fill it out. Don't do anything with it. But the only thing I'm asking you to do is pray over this. 
Because in three weeks, on March 25th, we're going to have a special service that as we seek God, we're going to say, God, what are you calling me to for this Come Alive two-year initiative? What do you want to get, let, allow me to give through this absurd generosity above and beyond my tithe? What are you calling me to give? What is it inside that you're calling me to give? Is Brandon in here? Uh, yeah, take a, take a break. Brandon's going to share a story real quick of what God has done in someone's heart already with this Come Alive initiative. And it's pretty awesome just what happened this past week. And I'm going to let him explain it. So I had an appointment uh, with this person last Monday. So right after we uh, revealed Come Alive, uh, I already had this appointment planned before that sort of thing just to discuss some other things with this person. And uh, this person came into my office, and I just asked, you know, like, how you doing? Like, before we got into even what the meeting was about, and this person's like, man, God's timing is something else. And this person began to explain that a uh, long time ago that they had uh, invested some money uh, a long time ago, but ended up being a bust. Like, they, they lost all their money in this investment. And then uh, years later, this person that they had been working with uh, actually passed away sort of thing. Uh, this person that I met with came into my office on Monday morning, uh, and before they did that, they checked their bank account, and there was a deposit in their account. And this person just fully believes in what is happening here at Radiant Life, that they cut a check. Now, I'll be honest, the flesh side of me is like, oh, hey, thanks for your check. Like, I, I looked. Like, I'll be honest. The check was for $10,000. $10,000 this person gave because of what's happening here. God is so good. And I just get to stand up here and tell you about those things. It's awesome. Amen. This commitment card is for you to pray over. Don't fill it out. Are you going to fill it out yet? Good answer. No. Put that on in your car where you see it, on your mirror, on your nightstand, in your Bible, or in your devotion book. And my goal with this card is for you to pray every single day to say, God, what are you asking me to invest in this come alive to grow your kingdom through radiant life above and beyond my tithe and offering? What are you calling me to get? This will help you. And in the bags, you should have got that brochure that explains more and what, what different, there's a chart in there of what different giving can look like. And on March 25th, we're going to have this commitment event in our service that we're saying, God, we're all in to this come alive and what you're doing here, and this is our commitment. But I want you to hold on to this and pray over it, okay? Pray over it. Begin investing. God, how are you going to grow my faith? I'm going to step out and trust you and grow my faith. I've, I shared this last week. My wife and I are having intense fellowship with God. What are you calling us to do above and beyond what we give, God? It's just, so I'll be honest, I think it's a, it, not to pat ourselves, I think it's a scary number that I'm like, <laughs> but I'd be disobeying if we didn't do it. That's what God's calling my family to give. We're giving. I already started, we started three jars already for our kids. Put money in there. They were so excited to come this morning to put it in the kids' little piggy bank that they made in the back. They were so excited to dump that stuff in there to start giving. Because we're going to radically transform our communities for Jesus Christ. 
So pray over this. There will be more of these in three weeks, okay, in different areas to give and just say, I'm sold out. So that's that. What are you going to do over this? We're going to pray. Good. Second thing is you should have gotten this, a pamphlet that says 21 days of prayer. We're going to start a prayer, um, a spiritual journey starting tomorrow for 21 days. We're going to start it at 6.10 in the evening. 6.10 is Project 6.10. It says 21 days of prayer, Project 6.10. And why 6.10? Because in Matthew 6.10, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We're inviting God to say, let's build your kingdom here on earth. We're not waiting to get to heaven to experience heaven. We can experience now on earth. And we want to do this at 6.10. This is a little more in-depth thing for you to do. You open it up, and there's 21 days. It says day one, day two, day three, all the way to day 27. And it gives you a verse and then something to pray over. And we're going to ask you, if you're willing, to do this at 610, that all Radiant Lifers are doing this together at 610, that we'll read one verse and pray for one minute, and just to seek God through, this, through what he's going to do in our own lives and in our hearts through this spiritual journey. On the back of it, on the very back of that handout, of that pamphlet, you'll notice in the middle it has an asterisk that says, fasting is a spiritual discipline that Jesus modeled for us. Consider fasting each Monday from the following things listed below. Now some of us are like, what in the world is fasting? I've never heard of this thing. It's just giving up something to concentrate on God. So there's some ideas. A meal. Maybe tomorrow as we launch in this, again, this starts tomorrow, maybe tomorrow you give up lunch. And every time those hunger pains or it's lunchtime, you're just seeking God. God, what are you going to do in my heart and this come alive? How can I have this absurd generosity? And every time those hunger pains, it reminds you, I'm going to pray and seek God. Maybe for some of us, you're just going to fast tomorrow negative thoughts. What? Yeah, there's even believers that are pretty negative, right? Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look there. Maybe it's just every time you're like, I want to say this negative thing. It came to mind. And it's like, no, you know what? I'm going to seek God. I'm going to pray. God, what's it in this Come Alive initiative? Maybe for some of us, we're going to fast social media tomorrow. You're like, wait, first thing in the morning, I always look at Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. No, maybe first thing in the morning, you say, God, I I want to give you this. What are you going to do in and through me? I want my heart aligned with your heart. So that's that. And your last sheet, your bigger sheet, is it should be folded or perforated. The smaller side's for you to remind you about Project 610. The one side is for us to fill out this morning and just throw it in the offering plate. What this is, is you put your name and cell phone, if you would like, if you would like. And the first box says, I would like to receive reminder texts. So at 610, Starting tomorrow in the evening for 21 days, you're going to get a reminder that says, here's the Bible verse, here's the pray. One Bible verse, pray for one minute. And you'll get that text message for 21 days. If you get sick of getting that text message at 610, you can always opt out of it, okay? And then the bottom one is, I commit to join the journey by praying for one minute every day, fasting each Monday, and reading the daily Bible verse. It's super simple. This is the most streamlined spiritual journey you could choose to go on. It's not asking a whole lot. I think we could do this together as a church for one minute a day. For some of us, we'll go deeper. I'll high-five you. All right? I'm all on board. For some of us that are in the deep stream, we're going to go and we're going to pray for 30 minutes. Woo! I can tell you what, we need prayer. All right? So, when offering time comes around, 
you can rip that off and dump that in the plate, and we'll get you on the text message system. And if some of you are like, I'm not ready to do that yet, that's fine. You can jump in at any time through our social media. You can text at Project 610 to 81010, and you can jump on board on Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday, God's tugging on your heart, say, hey, you should have joined, and you're like, you're right, I should have joined. You can text that in, and you're joined in, and you just missed four days, okay? Three days or whatever, all right? Sound good? Clear as mud. <laughs> all right, I'll go with yes. All right, here we go. Hey, praise team, you guys can come up. I want to show you one last slide, and we saw this last week. And can you bring that number up, Nick? Why are we calling to do this? To grow? Yeah. Grow spiritually ourselves? Absolutely. But it's to help the 26,000 people in the 15-mile radius of where we sit this morning of our campus to find hope and life in Jesus. And it's going to be on the backs of our generosity that's going to make this happen. If you didn't get a bag, again, please come after the service, grab a bag, grab these wristbands that say, come alive, pray big, because it's going to be, we're going to have to pray big, folks. We're going to have to pray big. One thing I love about this is that I truly believe we're going to radically transform our community. I believe that deep down. But it's our absurd generosity that God's going to use. As we close, I think back to Matthew chapter 21. I think back to the donkey and the colt. And I imagine if those two animals could talk to each other, I imagine them saying, hey, do you realize who's riding on our back? It's the Son of God. It's the perfect lamb. It's going to be sacrificed. And we get to carry him. And God doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. And God didn't come to take. God came to give. And if we consider ourselves followers of Jesus... What can we give to reach people for him? I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And the team introduced a new song last week called Lamb of God. And we're going to sing that this morning. But friends, imagine if God's giving launched a tidal wave movement of him. Imagine the generosity that our church can start and the tidal wave that God will move is on our backs of generosity.